Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Swears and Does Hair podcast. Today's episode is another guest interview, and today I have Heidi from Evolve Your Wedding Business, and we are going to be talking about goal planning for bridal um, hairstylists and makeup artists, and basically anybody inside the wedding industry uh, when it comes to putting together your goals for your business long-term shirt short-term, et cetera. So Heidi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. Awesome. So I'm going to have you take a few seconds and just kind of introduce yourself to today's listeners. Sure. Well, my name is Heidi Thompson. I've been working with wedding professionals of all different kinds for about 10 years now to help them grow their businesses to, you know, six figures, multiple six figures without working all the time. And along with that certainly comes figuring out ways to set the goals that are going to help you get to where you want to get to and actually execute on them. And I think that is probably the piece that is the biggest struggle for people. It's definitely Mm -hmm. a place where I see a lot of people get stuck because, you know, we decide, all right, here's my goal. And then, all right, Come on, magic, do your thing. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole manifesting thing. It's like, okay, if you're you're just changing your mindset about money, that that's not. It's like only part of the puzzle. You still mm-hmm. you still have to go out there and uh, work and, and make the money. We we can't just hope and wish for all that money we have to implement. So yeah, I think that is what a lot of people struggle with when it comes to goal setting. So um. When we are setting goals for our business, uh, anything inside the wedding industry, not just specifically for hair or for makeup, what types of goals should we focus on setting? Should we focus on uh, immediate, long-term, short-term, combinations of them? What should we be focusing on? That's a good question. And I like to do a combination. So Personally, I always like to look at the year. You know, Mm -hmm. what do you want to accomplish in the year as far as revenue, as far as how many bookings you want to have? And I find it really helpful to set that goal as like a good, better, best. Like good is I make what I need to make. Better is, all right, this is getting pretty exciting here. And best is like, oh my God, this is like, insane. I can't believe this is happening. Because when you set those different levels Mm -hmm. of a goal, it gets you thinking in different ways. It gets you thinking, you know, okay, if I wanted to, I don't know, double or triple what I did last year, 
what does that actually look like? What do I need to have in place? And it starts stretching you in ways that just setting a goal for the baseline of what Uh you want to make doesn't. Got it. I like that. Because I see people setting terms in in like time length, like, okay, here's my long term goals. Let's break that up into segments. You know, Mm -hmm. if if my goal is what do I want to be in five years, three years, one year, six months? Okay, now what do I need to work on this month? What do I need to work on this week and this day? But I like how you break that down even further with like levels of accomplishment. Like I kind of have like my minimum goals and then I have like my stretch goals where yeah. it's like, you know, okay, this is what I have to do this month, but here's what I would like to do. Uh, and I guess I kind of maybe already do like your, your good, better, best. Cause then I'm like, okay, this is what I would like to do. And oh my God, this would be pretty awesome if that happened. But you know, so I like that. It you gets you that thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It really gets you thinking like, okay, so if I want to double, triple, you know, go crazy with how I'm going to set this goal, what would that even require of you? I mean, does that mean you need to think about starting to build a team? Does that mean you need to work on your operations? Does that mean you need to market in a different way? It starts to open up the possibilities of, okay, I'm going to behave as if I've already accomplished this goal so I can even make it possible to Uh get there. Yeah. Awesome. So when the, um, when bridal artists are, are setting goals for their business, um, what should they be thinking of in terms of like, how do I, how do I know where I want to go? Does it come down to just finances or are there other things that they should be taking into account? There are definitely other things. And I think a big part of this is looking at, you know, the past year, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? What do you want to continue doing? What do you want to stop doing? really giving yourself the opportunity to look at your business and see, are there changes that I want to make? Do I want to stop offering certain things? Do I want to create this new package? Do I want to work with a different type of client? And when you allow yourself to step back like that, it not just allows you to see, okay, this is what I need to do. These are the goals I need. But It also shows you the things that you're already doing that are working that you can just, you know, amp up a little bit and get way better results on. So, for example, if you have been absolutely killing it on Instagram for your marketing, Uh well, something you probably want to carry forward is, okay, how can I improve that by like 10%? You know, Mm -hmm. it's already doing great. Maybe, you know, we're posting one more time a week or something like that, like the small changes that you can make. So I like looking at not just the revenue goals, but like, how did I work in this past year? What Mm -hmm. worked for me? What didn't? And how do I want to bring those changes forward? And that could be, you know, as simple as I want to change the way I'm marketing. It could be, I want to change the people that I'm working with. I'm sick of working with this ideal client. Uh-huh. I want to change it. Um, you know, it could be I want to add a new revenue stream. I want to start 
educating other beauty professionals, Uh you know, whatever it is for you. I feel like those things really don't come out until you press pause and you take a step back and you look at, okay, what have I done? What worked? What did I really enjoy? And what do I want this to look like? Because you might find that in that process, you found you were really stressed with the client load that you had. Okay, maybe a goal this year is to start delegating certain things so that you get to focus on the area of the business that you want to focus on and you don't have to wear all the hats. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like to look at it in terms of general improvements. What do you want to make? Whether it's how you work, whether it's, you know, your stress level, your lifestyle, how you want to morph the business to work around that or around revenue, around um, PR goals, how you Mm want to be visible in your industry. I like to think big there. And then, you know, like you said, we can break it down into, okay, now what do I actually do to get there? Awesome. So it sounds like it's really important for people Um, to have goals in mind when it comes to business planning and rather than just getting up every day, doing what they need to, hustling to make the sale and hoping that it's enough in the long run. Yes. I see when people do this, they they burn themselves out. They feel really Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. They are working so hard for such a small return on that investment. And when you take like, you know, a couple hours for yourself Mm -hmm. at most and just look at, okay, where do I want to go? What does that mean I'm doing? What does that mean I'm not doing? Uh You know, maybe there are some things you need to stop doing. Maybe there are some things you need to change, but it allows you to be really intentional about the things that you're doing every day. So when you do sit down, you know, okay, these are the one to three things I need to get done today. Everything else is gravy. So I'm going to focus on, you know, getting these things done. And then I know I'm on track for my goals. Yeah. So um, if we don't set goals, you think that really leads to overwhelm and, and burnout? Yeah. What I see when people don't set goals is they tend to, as I say, be the crazy person at the buffet. They just pile things on because Uh they sound like a good idea in the moment because everything sounds like a good idea in the moment. Always. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to start, you know, doing TikTok videos and I'm going to go over here and get distracted by that. But if you don't have a goal, if you don't have like a plan for yourself, what I'm going to accomplish this next year and what that looks like in the next, say, 90 days, You don't really have that North Star. You don't know where you're supposed to be focusing. And it just feels like you have to fill your day with stuff. And then you get frustrated because you're busy. You feel like you're working hard, but you're not actually accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. And if you want, we can dig into, you know, like breaking those down into what do I do for the next 90 days, the next Mm -hmm. month, the next week? 
Yeah. And so um, I see a lot of people who avoid setting goals. Like I, I remember mm-hmm. having a conversation. Uh, I do a girl's night with, you know, some of my, my best friends in the industry. We all do hair and makeup. And we go out to dinner once a month usually. And we talk about business and whatnot. So it's a business meeting, but it's also a chance for us to catch up on personal things too. So um, we were talking about setting goals because this was, it was, this was December, like two or three years ago. And we were talking about setting goals for the upcoming year. And I was talking about how I was, you know, going through my planner and each month being like, okay, you know, based on past trends, you know, these are the months that I tend to bring in the most income in this area. And I was kind of balancing everything out and setting goals for the next year. And they were just like, oh my God, that's just too much work. And I was like, you guys don't do that. And they were like, no. And I was like, why? I mean, it it doesn't take me very much time. It takes me like maybe two hours. And then I have my goals mapped out for the year. And each month I, I go through and I say, okay, this is how much money I made in each of these areas. All right. It takes me 10, 15 minutes. And then I can be like, okay. So I did hit my goal in this area. I, or I didn't, what can I do next year or next month? Uh, Cause I need to make that up to hit my year goal. And they were just like, no, I don't do that because if I don't hit those numbers, then I feel bad. Mm-hmm. And oh I'm my like, God. what? And they were just like, yeah. Cause if I don't make that, if I don't make my goals, then I feel like a failure. And I'm like, but, but then you can't pay your bills. Like- <laughs> right. I'm so glad you brought this up because this is such a common thing. And I like to reframe goals as like, it's not this thing that if you don't achieve it, it's this horrible thing. The way I look at failure in general in business is like, it doesn't really exist. Either mm-hmm. I win or I learn something that will then help me win. Exactly. So, you know, if... Sure, you have to learn how to deal with that. Absolutely, it's easier to hide. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's also harder in a lot of ways because you're spinning your wheels, you're doing things, and you're not seeing results because the things that you're doing are not at all connected to where you want to be. Like there's no strategy connecting anything together. You're just spinning your wheels and hoping that somehow this will result in something. Whereas you could actually do a lot less work if you're really strategic about Mm -hmm. the kinds of things that you focus on because you know, okay, if I do this, I am going to get this result or I'm running this experiment. That's how I like to look at things in business. And I think I will get this result. If I don't, I can change things. Mm -hmm. But if we don't set goals or sometimes even if we do set goals, but we don't break them down, What we wind up doing is just doing random things, work, 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 staying busy to make ourselves feel better, which, Uh you know, you're not actually accomplishing anything. Uh And and then at the end of the year, you look up and you look around and you're nowhere near where you wanted to be because Mm -hmm. you just focused on taking action instead of taking action in a specific direction. Exactly. I think being strategic to it is really the key in achieving your goals because you need to know, okay, well, this is what I need to create. What is the most effective actions to take to get to this result? And so you're not wasting time, like you said, jumping around to everything else. It's not like, okay, this new feature comes out on Instagram and everybody's jumping on it. Now I have to learn Mm -hmm. it and now I have to do it too. And it's like, okay, 
is that what's going to actually move you closer to accomplishing your goal? Or is that going to be wasting time so you can feel like you're on trend? Like you can feel like, you know, you're keeping up with the Joneses when it comes to your marketing. Is that actually going to give you any kind of return on your investment of time? Because I don't think people take into into account the, the concept of, you know, time equals money. When I spend three hours, you know, surfing and and researching and filming and editing, and I got two reels out of it or two TikToks out of it, is that going to give me three hours worth of payback in return? Yeah. And to what you were saying about, you know, finding something and, oh, here's this new thing. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. I was actually just talking about this the other day on um, an Instagram live that I did because a lot of people do this. But the way that I teach people in my membership to create their marketing plans is Mm -hmm. to really commit for just 90 days. It's such a small commitment. But 90 days... These are the places that I'm going to market. These are the things that I'm going to do in those places. Here is the structure of that. You know, if I'm posting two reels a week, this is when I'm recording those reels and batching them so that if I show up and you're working and I say, hey, why are you doing this thing that you're doing? You can tell me it's because of this. It's tied to this. Every Uh action you're taking is tied to that specific outcome so that you're not spending your time with these random actions that can take up like hours and hours of your day. Mm -hmm. So how do you think people can stay motivated to working towards their goals and not feeling overwhelmed? Because sometimes when we see a goal and we set it, and like if we're setting that stretch goal, that best goal, and we're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work for that, but then it starts to feel overwhelming. What are some things that people can do to stay motivated? So there are two main things I tell people to keep things from being overwhelming because you cannot take action on a goal of I want to book 50 clients. Like, what the hell are you supposed to do with that? Uh-huh. Come on, you can't take action on that. So we have to break it down into, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do in a 90-day period. This is what I'm going to do, you know, by the 60-day point, by the one-month point. So, for example, maybe you want to improve your SEO so you can book more clients directly from Google. Great. Uh So your month one probably looks like learning more about mm-hmm. SEO and doing some keyword research. Those are probably going to be your two main things for that first month. So, okay, so when can we schedule this? Break it down so that you can take action on it. And then you can take the next step from there. You know, you're not just, okay, Google, find me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I need to figure this out. So I'm going to spend some time next Tuesday finding the best course for me and I'm going to start going through it and I'm going to set aside some time on my calendar to take action on it and to start doing the keyword research because you can take action on that. Mm -hmm. The other thing, and this is very closely related, is to not focus on what's called the lagging indicator. A lagging indicator is a result of something 
So it's something that has already happened. Bookings are a lagging indicator. You can't control them. But what you can control are leading indicators, the things that happen in the run-up, the dominoes that knock over the other dominoes that allow you to make a booking. So for instance, a leading indicator in my business is to do exactly what I'm doing right now to be on other podcasts other than my own. I know that that's a way that a lot of my clients discover me, that a lot of people come to get to know me. So something that's in my control is sending out an email to 10 podcasts each month and pitching myself to get on them. Now, I can't Mm -hmm. control whether I get on them, but Uh, I can control the action. I can control the thing that I can do to make this more likely to happen. So I want you to think about in terms of your goals, what, what is that set of dominoes? What are the things toward the beginning that start tipping it over? Is it that people find you on Google? Is it that people are getting referrals? Okay, what can we take to, what steps can we take to knock down those dominoes to actually influence these things so that you get the end result that you want? And I think a lot of frustration and overwhelm comes from focusing on that last domino Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on the first one. I love that analogy because I can totally picture that in my mind. I can see those dominoes and that last thing that you just said, people focus on that last domino, that thing that comes right before the booking rather than what's going to start off that chain reaction. Where where can I focus? And I think, like you said, you know, we, that, that first domino, what's going to start that chain of things that happen that lead to it? Because- you know, if you have that forward momentum from that very beginning, it does. It just knocks all those things over and that last one doesn't stand a chance. It's going to fall over. It's going to lead to it um, because you've done all the prep work of everything else, setting all of that up. Yeah. And you may need to tweak it. You may find mm-hmm. like, oh, this domino is broke. <laughs> I got to yeah. change this. Exactly. And if, but- you, if you see your chain, if you see where everything is all lined up and if things aren't knocking over, you can, you can analyze it and be like, hey, that, 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 that one fell over and that one fell over and that one fell over, but the next one didn't. And then you yeah. can know, okay, well, that's where I need to focus. Exactly. Don't just focus on the last one that it didn't fall over. Okay, where in the process did my my dominoes not connect? Yeah, like if people are like filling out an inquiry form, scheduling a consultation and not booking, let's focus there as opposed mm-hmm. to like throwing the whole thing away and, you know, totally starting from scratch. Because usually it's a small tweak that we need to make. And really focusing on, okay, what can I control? Because yes, we all want bookings. Yes, we all want to make more money, but that is a result. It's an end product of something else that you're doing. And you can look to see what's already working for you to make that happen. You know, like I said, with the Instagram example, this domino is already working well to knock the others over. What if I made it like a really big domino, like a really Mm -hmm. chunky domino and made it even better? Could I get an even better result out of it? I think we have to look at, you know, what are the repetitive things that we're doing? There's a 
quote that I love by James Clear, and it's something to the effect of, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fail to the level of our systems. And if you don't have the habit, the system of doing the thing that you need to do to get the results, it's not going to happen. You know, if you don't work on, instead of, I want to lose 20 pounds, you work on, I'm going to run every morning. I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to put on my shoes. I'm going to run. And then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to get to work. That is the thing that you have control over. That is the thing that you can influence. So making habits and systems out of the things that you can control, I would say is probably the single most important thing you can do to reliably reach your goals. I love that. I love that quote. I wrote that down as you were as you were saying it. Uh, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fail to the level of our systems. I love that. Um, that's like the basis of my coaching and my, my online courses. You know, we start off with the systems. You have to get your systems in order and get those working and, and efficient, your workflows and all that kind of stuff before we can start really working on your marketing. Because it's great to get people you know, to contact you in on phone calls and sending inquiries. But if the rest of your backend is failing, then you're still not going to get the bookings. And a lot of times people focus so much on the marketing, but then their systems mm -hmm. fail them. And until that contract is signed and until that money is in our bank account, we, we have not gotten a booking. So a bunch of inquiries in our inbox doesn't really mean shit to us in the long run if we can't continue that um, with our systems that lead up to the actual booking. And those systems can be, you know, like you said, the automated systems in the background, it can be the way that you control your time, whether you batch things together, mm -hmm. the fact that you probably want to set aside some time at the beginning and the end of each week to look at, okay, what do I need to accomplish this week in order for me to be on target for, what I need to accomplish this month, this quarter, this year, and then mm -hmm. checking in at the end to see, did I do that? If not, what do I need to carry into next week? What do I need to change? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, you build in these points of checking in with yourself because you can't just assume that it's going to happen because it probably won't. Exactly. Now, how do we balance our lives? and with our business when it comes to goal setting. Like we should have a we should have personal goals as well as business goals, right? Mhm. Mm so when yeah. it comes to managing our time and balancing, what um what input, what tips and strategies do you have for people to help with that balance? Oh, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of things that we can do. One being, so we've already talked about paring things down to this is what I'm committing to this 90 day period. Everything else mm -hmm. I'm going to deflect. I'm going to put in a parking lot. This is a, probably a good idea, but not this quarter. Next yeah. quarter, you know, we can come back to it. And I find that even though I'm the kind of person that resists structure, uh -huh. st structure is very freeing. So mm -hmm. the more you can just create areas in your calendar for certain things, uh -huh. the 
easier this gets to like compartmentalize. So to give you an example, I only do calls on Tuesday and Wednesday, sometimes uh-huh. Thursday, never Monday and Friday. Yep. Mo- Monday and Friday are my days. So this allows me to not have all of these different things going on throughout the week. I can kind of keep a theme to mm-hmm. what I'm doing and I know okay, you know, it makes a lot of sense for me to go grocery shopping on a Monday afternoon and then come back and get to work. So it allows for the flexibility. Weirdly, and I I still in my head, I have a problem with this, but structure does allow for flexibility and really telling yourself like, no, that's it. When I've done these things, these three things that are priority for the day, I'm done. Yeah. Or... I hit this time and even if I didn't get these things done, I'm done. And at the end of the week, I look and I see, okay, maybe I overloaded myself that Mm -hmm. day and I can learn from that and I can do a better job of estimating how long this is going to take. Or maybe this is something that I spent hours on and would take someone else like 20 minutes and I just need to hand it off to them and just let them do it. So when it comes to that balance it, I, it is a balance for sure. It's never just like hard and fast. You know, you're going to have periods where you're just busier. And I think treating the things in your personal life with the commitment, commitment and intensity that you treat the things in your business Mm -hmm. is really valuable. Like, no, I don't, you know, do this on this day because this day is for me to spend time with my kids. This day is for me to do this particular thing. Like treat it as if it's an appointment with someone else. And I, the way I look at like time management in general is you have to protect your time. And I feel like a mama bear about my time because Mm -hmm. other people will come in and try to take it. They will try to impose their own, you know, priorities on you, but you have to know what's important to you and consistently protect that, you know, say no, say on this day, I can do that, but not today. Setting those boundaries and ruthlessly protecting them is such a valuable skill to develop. It yes. it's hard. It's hard at first. You're gonna mm-hmm. want to people please. But the more you do it, the more you see that people don't really care. Yeah. Particularly just- in this industry with with especially with beauty professionals, but also we have beauty professionals who work in weddings. I feel mm-hmm. like we are some of the hardest core people pleasers. Uh, you know, it's just in our nature because we want to make people feel beautiful. And that's like a very ple- instant, you know, gratification pleasing kind of yeah. thing. And and so I feel like so many people bend over backwards and I'm always coaching my clients to be like, no, learn to say no, learn to say no. You're actually providing a better experience for your client by telling them no, because you're or by telling them, yeah, or by telling them, cool, you want this other thing? Let me send over the invoice for you. Exactly. Here yeah. you go. Yes. You know, it's not just a no, but a that not that I can provide this other solution in its place. You know, if yeah. it's like it, you're you're still people pleasing and you're still 
providing value and you're still providing an amazing experience if you're following that no up with here's my alternative you know solution for you um and i actually i just did a podcast episode um that'll be coming out before this one um talking about difficult conversations and how to go from saying no but following that up with okay well here's what i can do it could be something as simple as no that's not included but let me send you the invoice i can do that for you kind of thing to no i can't provide that service but here's somebody that does and when you set those boundaries you already have those solutions ready to go in your back pocket you can pull that out and i feel it's like it's so a lot much yeah it's a lot easier to say yeah. no when you have a solution to pull out of your pocket to say no i can't do that but uh-huh. I can I can give you an invoice for that, or but I can send you to this person. But when you here's set these options. things up, yeah, yeah, when you set these things up, it just becomes so much less emotional because it's mm-hmm. just, yep, here's my process for that. Or you know, someone emails you freaking out about something, and they get an autoresponder that says, "Hey, I'll get back to you within." this period of time. Yep. So much is just down to setting expectations. Like they don't care that you don't get back to them right now. They just want to know when you're yeah. going to get back to them. Yeah. So, you know, really just setting that. And it's so funny. Everybody goes through the same process of like, no, they're going to freak out. And then they do it. And they're like, okay, nobody freaked out. This is yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, it's always, I always ask like, what, what do you think is the worst thing they could possibly happen right now. And they're like, uh, I'm like, are you going to die? They're like, no, that's ridiculous. I'm like, okay, are you going to go out of business? No, that's ridiculous. That's not, is somebody going to be mad? Yeah, okay. Do you have a solution to mitigate their their anger or a solution to fix the problem if they do get angry? They're like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay. So if the worst thing is that they get mad for a little while, but then – you already have a solution ready to fix it. Is it really that big of a deal? And they're like, oh, no, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like, okay. People get mad at like <laughs> red lights. Okay. Like human nature, we get mad at, you know, irrational, stupid things. And it's not a big deal in the long run. Do, you know, do I avoid all red lights because I don't like them? Like, no. You know, so as long as you're providing some type of resolution or some solution for them, and like you said, it could be as simple as saying, I will respond within so many hours. You've set the expectation, you've set the boundary, the person knows what to expect. You don't have to surrender your entire life over to people and you don't have to be accessible 24 hours a day just because somebody might be emailing at 11 o'clock at night you know, when they're on the computer doesn't mean that you have to respond at 1131, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny, like, even as adults, we just want someone to tell us the rules. Yeah. Like, okay, when when can I expect to hear back from you? What's the best way to mm-hmm. communicate with you? Like, okay, okay, now I feel good. Yeah. I feel safe. I feel like I know what to do. Yeah. I was just on vacation recently and, you know, we were waiting for something and I was getting frustrated because I didn't know how long it was going to take. And so I went up and I asked the person, I was like, look, how long, how long is this going to take? Because I want to, I want to figure out my time here. Like, do I have time to finish waiting for this or do I have to go catch my flight kind of thing? And they were like, oh, you know, I'm I'm sorry, it's going to take X amount of time or whatever it was. And I was annoyed by it, but it was like, 
okay, I can, I can afford to wait that amount of time. It still works for me. And I, you know, and they were like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm like, it's okay. There's, there's nothing you can do about it, you know, but you've, at least now I know how long this is going to take so I can figure out, okay, well, this is what I can do in the meantime and work it out for myself. It wasn't, I, I couldn't put that pressure on them. They couldn't fix that. They could only do their job. So I had to, you know, resolve that to myself of, okay, this is how long it's going to take. Well, you know, I'll figure something else out to do with my time in the meantime. So. Yeah. To use your example, like imagine if your flight was delayed, mm-hmm. but they didn't tell you when it was going to yeah. leave. Like people would freak out because it's the uncertainty that yeah. bothers people. If it's delayed by 30 minutes, it's okay. All right. I might just have to tell the person who's picking me up. I'll be 30 minutes late. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. It's like, as long as I could resolve that emotionally to myself, it took me, you know, it took me a few minutes to be like, oh, okay, you know, and get over it. I got over it. You know, I couldn't change it. If, you know, if people know, all right, well, this is how long this is going to take, or this is what the, the resolution or the solution is. It's up to them to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to, how am I going to get over it? if they're not happy. And that's not something that we as the, the service providers can control. We can't control other people's emotions and how they manage. Because one person might be like, oh, okay, it's going to take you a couple of hours to get back to me. And another person might be like super annoyed that it's going to take you a couple of hours. Like which client do you want to work with? You know, right. the one yeah. who's going to be like chill about it and be like, okay, cool. Yeah. I want more of those kinds of people. So if the person who doesn't want to wait for me is going to be like, well, I'm not going to wait that long. I'm going to go find somebody else. Well, that's cool. I don't want to work with you if you're that impatient because I have a life too. So and I that's don't important. Have- yeah. You have to protect it because if you don't get mama bear about it, mm-hmm. you know, other people are just going to impose on that time. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have two kids who have a lot of activities and, and things like that. So it's like, okay, yeah, I you don't need me during that time. That's fine. I can easily fill my time with something else that is equally as valuable to me and fill my other times with clients who respect those boundaries and make working a happy place versus a stressful place. I think it's very empowering to realize that all of this is within our control too. Mm-hmm. A lot of us think like, you know, we will set a goal and we'll hope that we get there and we just kind of get pulled in every which direction the wind blows us and we feel like it's ha- like everything is happening to us as opposed to us happening to the things in mm-hmm. our life. And we have so much control that we can assert on those things. Of course, you know, some things you can't control, but I would say 90% or more of things that you are doing in a given day, you have control of in some way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if anything, you have control over how you respond to things and you have control over how you react, you know, like going back to the whole situation with winning. Could I get angrier and make things happen faster? No, I don't have control over how fast things are going to happen. All I have control over is, well, how am I going to deal with this now? What are my next steps? This is how long I have to wait. Okay. So I can read a book. I can choose to shop somewhere that's going to get me my food faster or whatever, you know? So we do have so much more control over our lives than we think. Things don't just happen to us. They happen for us, 
you know, and it, it, it depends on how you view that. Are you going to view that as something that holds you back or as an opportunity to make a change somewhere? Yeah. And so much of that is putting the systems in place, putting mm-hmm. the the rules, the boundaries about how you use your time and how other people can communicate with you. Because if you are, you know, sitting in your inbox all day, think about all the things that aren't getting done, the opportunity cost of you not doing the things that will actually get you to your goal. You know, Mm -hmm. you could have accomplished that this year, but you know, you spent your time doing other things. So now it's getting pushed to next year or the next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of goals that I had for myself, you know, seven or eight years ago where I was like, oh, okay, that'll be a long-term goal. And I didn't take immediate action on it because I had it in my mind of, okay, that's nice. That would be nice someday if I became an educator. Mm -hmm. You know, it was always my goal that I wanted to educate, that I wanted to teach. I, I originally went to college to be a teacher and ended up going on a completely different career path. And here I am you know, circled back 20 something years later after college. And here I am educating, but in a completely different field. And I think back to myself of if I had taken steps sooner and been like, okay, you know, this goal doesn't have to be a someday kind of thing. I can make this happen for myself when I want it to. I'm not waiting for the outside opportunities of somebody to come to me and say, we would like you to teach me this. I have to create my own opportunities as well. So I think a lot of it too is understanding what what can I directly influence? What can I directly control? And figuring out what steps you're ready to take. What can you do to move towards that bigger end goal for yourself faster if you want to? Absolutely. And with those long-term goals, I think it's really valuable to put yourself in a position of being that person right now. So Mm -hmm. if you want to build a team of five other hairstylists so that you can serve X amount of customers and you're only going to do this many yourself, Mm -hmm. what would that version of you do today? How would they treat their time How would they plan? How would they strategize? What are the first couple of steps that they would take to start moving in that direction? Because that, you know, five years out version of you is a different person. But Mm -hmm. if you start behaving as if you're already that person and you might realize, well, that person is organized. That person has their operations and their systems down. Okay, mm-hmm. now we can focus on that to make sure that we create it so you don't have to wait till you get to that point and realize, oh no, I have five employees and I have no way of managing anything. Exactly, exactly. So uh, last question before we wrap things up today, do you have any tips on how to visualize or map out our goals? Like, are you a vision board person? Are you like put things in a document, a calendar? Like, what are your tips for visualizing these type of things? That's a good question. I've tried doing visual things for myself. Uh-huh. That doesn't work for my brain in yeah. any way. <laughs> So when I'm mapping out, okay, this is what I want for the year, I'm typically writing this out on like one page that I can keep 
you know, you could put it on an index card, you, just something that you can keep visible for yourself uh-huh. so that you see, right, this is what I'm working toward every day, just as a reminder. Mm-hmm. Because the work you're doing is granular. It's the little steps that get mm-hmm. you to it. And sometimes you can lose sight of the big picture of what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And I think finding a way, whether it's, you know, image based, whether it's like you just wrote your goals down Uh and like a couple areas you're going to focus on for the next 12 months and you just keep that visible, Mm -hmm. that can be a really, really valuable reminder. And then you know, going back to the habits thing, mm-hmm. I start every day before I do anything, I sit down and say, okay, what are the no more than three most important things that I need to get done today? Mm-hmm. And I look at, you know, whether it's like my project management tool, my calendar, I physically write them down because there's something magic about writing things down. It just gets it in your head. I'm the same too. I can't, I, I don't can't know what do it digital is. stuff. I have, I have 8,000 notebooks around the house and my husband's always <laughs> like, uh, you left one of your notebooks in the kitchen again. I'm like, I know, sorry. Writing things <laughs> down like reinforces it in my brain. I'll never look yeah. at that paper again probably, but I've written it down and it's like I've memorized it now. Yeah. So my to-do list comes from that. I look at, I keep most, I keep the longer term things digital. Like mm-hmm. what do I need to do next month? That's in my project management tool. But then yeah. I, I'm writing it usually on a post-it note. Uh-huh. These are like the three things I need to get done today. Keep it on my desk, crossing it off as I go. And then a big thing for me is recognizing when I'm done because uh-huh. I am sure like you, I love what I do. I could just do this all day. Yep. I could not eat. I could <laughs> jeopardize yeah. like, <laughs> my personal life, my social well-being, like all these things. So I have to know when I can call the day a success and it's when I yep. get the three things done. Then, you know, if I get them done by noon, I can say, all right, what else do I have that I want to work on? Or uh-huh. I can say, cool, done, going to the beach. This is great. Yep. Yep. I'm the same way. Like if I don't set a like cut off like an end time for myself I'll just I'll just keep working like I was working Mm -hmm. on a project yesterday and like suddenly my son appeared over my shoulder and he's like oh here you are you're in your office and I was like what are you doing home from school (laughs) and he's like I've been home from school for an hour and I looked at the clock and I was like oh my god I got so caught up in doing something you know And I just, I totally lost track of time. So I try and like set myself and be like, okay, at 2.30 when my high schooler comes home, I stop what I'm doing for a little while and either I get everything done by 2.30 and then I'm done for the rest of the day or I at least take a break at 2.30 and spend some time with him when he gets home from school and ask him about his day. And then it's like, okay, then I can go back into my office and be like, okay, I have 45 minutes until his brother gets home. Is there anything I can finish in the next 45 minutes or what's priority on my list that I can get done by now or done as soon as I can and then be like, okay, and then finish mapping out my day by that point. Like, okay, it'll only take me 30 minutes to accomplish this last thing on my list. Go do that and then be upstairs when his brother gets home. You just used a word that's really important and that's priority. And 
really being able to recognize the things that you can do that are Mm -hmm. actually important, meaning that they do something to get you closer to your goal versus are just things that are going to take up your time Mm -hmm. is so, so, so important. And it's one of those things that is like a muscle and you just have to build it and start recognizing, okay, do these things I said I want to do align with the goals that I set? If yes, cool, let's do it. If I put this random thing on there, no, let's skip that thing. Let's schedule that for next month. Exactly. Yeah. I I learned the value of prioritizing my to-do list a long time ago because I would, I'm the kind of person who will like mind map and like write a million things of like, okay, here's all the things that I want to accomplish. These are all my to-dos. And then I sit there and I stare at it like, how the fuck am I going to get all this done? (laughs) You know? And what I, what I learned to do that works really well for myself is I write them all out on sticky notes and then I have like a poster board, like one of those trifold poster boards mm-hmm. that I got at like Target or whatever for like, you know, science fair projects or whatever. And I take the sticky notes and I organize them and I go, okay, here's everything that I need to get done. Let me start prioritizing. And like all the way on the left will be like, these are things that are the most pressing. Like these are the most immediate actions that I need to take. And the middle is like middle priority And then the far one is like, okay, I want to get this done, but I can put this off until something comes up and I need to reprioritize it. And then as I I go through my day, I'll look at what's just the sticky notes that are all the way on the left. And I'll be like, okay, what I have 20 minutes, what one of these sticky notes that's in my high priority list can I accomplish in 20 minutes? And I'll pull the sticky note off. I'll work on it. When it's done, I throw it in the trash. So it's gone. It's gone I love that. from my to-do list. And I'm like, okay, done. I accomplished that. Oh, I have another 30 minutes. What can I get done in 30 minutes? And again, I'll look all the way over to the left. And that way I can quickly swap them out too um, as things change. Like if I have more or less time or as something happens in my life or in my business and something moves up or moves down in priority, I can literally take the sticky note and just move it along the board or I can take it off and throw it away. That's such a great idea. I love that. And it keeps it right in front of you as well. Yeah. I literally have it standing up next to my desk and that's how I work. And it's just, it, it really helps me to stay focused and not feel like I'm not accomplishing my goals. And that feeling is just toxic. Like when you start feeling like you're spending days and days and days and you're not moving in the right direction, Mm -hmm. it is so demoralizing. And it's usually because the things that you're doing aren't related to the goals. Exactly. And that way I can take down, like if I have a a bigger to-do thing on my list, I can break that down into smaller steps on those sticky notes and they all move over together with that prioritization. And then I can say, okay, this is like going to take me five minutes. Cool. I can take that off. And that way I'm still at least taking a small step. I Mm -hmm. don't have to keep all the goals as the one big end goal. I can break it up and easily get those little pieces of accomplishments done. And then next thing I know, like the whole thing is done. Yeah. Steps are steps. It doesn't matter how exactly. small they are. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're moving 1% towards your goal or 10% towards your goal or 50% towards your goal. You're still moving towards your goal. So um, I think that's one of the people's 
afraid of failure is that they don't, they just see the end goal and they don't see all the little steps. And then they're just like, well, if I don't get all the way to the end, well, then I failed. And it's like, well, if you made it like eight out of the 10 steps, you still did really well. Celebrate that for yourself and then use that as an opportunity to say, well, why didn't I finish those last two steps? What held me back? What could I do different if I were in that situation again? And then we can use our failures as an opportunity for growth um, and to, to, you know, to move our business forward so that the next time we have those 10 little steps, we can get through them all and get through them, you know, faster and easier because we recognize, okay, I stalled at number eight. You know, I got all of my content planning done, you know, and they just see it as, well, I want to plan a month's worth of content, but they only get, you know, 75% of the work done and then they never actually finish it. And they're like, oh, I can't do content planning. That doesn't work for me. I just have to post when I have something. And it's like, well, where did you stall out? And it's like, okay, well, I got all of my photos done and, you know, I got my hashtags figured out, but, you know, I stalled out on captions. And it's like, okay, did you try and write all 30 captions at once? That's a lot of brain power you got to expend for that. Oh, yeah. Or did you sit there and say, okay, I'm going to do, you know, five of them at a time. And then the next day you do another five. And yes, yeah, so you're not doing it all in an hour. Because I think sometimes people will always see like, you know, the, the gurus who are like, yeah, get your month's worth of planning done in an hour. And it's like, that's a lot of fucking brain power for one hour. I'm sorry. You know, no, like not everybody works that fast. Not everybody works that way. And it can feel overwhelming to people just starting to get into the content batching mindset. And it's like, okay, well, if you break it up and you say, well, on this day, I'm going to just work on my headlines. I'm going to write 30 headlines. And then the next day, all right, and then I'm going to write 30 calls to action. Okay. And now all I have to do is come with that story in the center. What is going to be the thing that bridges that headline to that call to action? And then how is it going to relate to the photos? You know, then you're, you're sitting there and you're writing these fantastic captions, but you're not having to go from start to finish all 30 of them all in, in one day and you can break it up and it's like, okay, content planning can work for me. I just need to figure out where in that process I'm struggling so that I can come up with a solution to get myself past that. How can I break this hurdle down into smaller steps? That's such a good way of thinking about it. And I think people struggle with stretch goals for the same reason. You know, mm-hmm. if you say, okay, I want to triple my revenue and then you don't, it's not about tripling your revenue. It's about the way it makes you think mm-hmm. so that you can, and like maybe you still increased it by a bigger margin than you would have. That's mm-hmm. still a huge win. Absolutely. It made you yeah. think differently. It made you behave differently. And I think we overlook that value of goals. It's not just about hitting them. It's about how do they change the way we work? How do they change the way we think? Absolutely. Yes, that's so much true. That's, that's so true. It's just you know, it. how did it shift how we operate? Did we make advancements? Did we improve our process um, so that next time we can get there a little faster? And even if we only made it 70% this time, well, next time, Maybe we'll make it to 80% of our goal. Well, we're going to learn a few new tricks along the way. We're going to we're going to develop a few new habits so that even if we only make it 80% of our goal next time, we do it in half the time. 
you know? So it's like every single time you do something, you're picking up better habits or you're doing something over and over and over again. You're repeating these processes and it becomes easier. And it not only becomes easier, but it becomes faster. So that next thing you know, you are tripling your your income goal because you've built up this habit and it becomes second nature. You don't have to plan so much for that, that next income level because you've already been slowly working towards it without even realizing it. Yeah. And I think it's a really good reminder that goals are not meant to be like little badges of honor that make you feel good about your ego. They're supposed to stretch you and change you and help you develop the habits that you need to become the person, the business owner that you want to become. And if you don't 100% hit them, okay, but you still 80% did. And that's a huge win. Exactly. I think we need to celebrate our wins of every level a little bit better. I think we need to, in general, just be a little bit kinder to ourselves as as business owners um, and say, okay, well, I, I did this and that's amazing because, mm-hmm. you know, I run my own business and some people don't even have the fucking guts to do that. You know, some people are comfortable working for somebody else and building somebody else's dream. I'm the kind of person who got out there and said, I'm going to build my own damn dream. And that I think is something that we need to celebrate every single day. And every little accomplishment that gets us closer to building our dreams is something that definitely needs to to be celebrated. I could not agree more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Heidi. Uh, It's been an amazing conversation. Hopefully everybody listening has gotten as much out of it as I have. Um, Before we sign off, if you want to let people know where they can find you uh, and get more information on how you can help them grow their business as well, uh, please let us know. Sure. So my home is at evolveyourweddingbusiness.com. I have a podcast called the Evolve Your Wedding Business Podcast, where we talk all things wedding business and marketing and being the CEO of your business. And I also host some events like Wedding Business CEO Summit, which is coming Mm -hmm. up in February, Book More Wedding Summit. So you can find out about all of those at my website, or you can come find me over on Instagram where I'm, you guessed it, Evolve Your Wedding Business. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.